Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and we're glad that you're here. I'll be joined in just a moment by this week's guest, but before that, I want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project. All of our content here at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we rely upon the contributions of our listeners in order to do so. You will never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost money to put a show like this together, so if you find what we're doing here valuable and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going, and it helps us reach other men just like you. God's blessings, fellas. Enjoy the show. So, awesome. Welcome to the Gird Up Girl Cast. we got three ladies with us today. Go ahead. Why don't you, we'll start over here. Introduce yourselves. Go ahead. I'm Rebecca Rivera. Okay. I'm Coriana Lamb. And? I'm Kate Menching. All right. We'll start with Becca. Now, Becca, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a student at MLC. All, all three of you are students at MLC. Um, this isn't necessarily an MLC podcast, so we don't really know anything about you. So, why don't you give us a little rundown. Who are you? Your elevator talk. Well, I'm a senior at MLC. I'm graduating in a couple weeks um, with a major in elementary education and a minor in Spanish. And I'm going to be taking, or hopefully getting an assignment, um, to the Mequana area. Because? Because I'm getting married in three weeks to someone who's studying to be a pastor. Awesome. And Caleb is maybe the most genuine dude I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is. Awesome. Uh, So did you go on any like immersion trips or anything like that with Spanish? Yeah, I went to Argentina for six weeks this summer. Six weeks? Yeah, we studied at a school. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, well, you just sat at school all day and didn't do anything else? What else did you do? <laughs> um, we did a lot of tours of cool stuff. Um, we stayed with host family, so we ate dinner with them every night, got to know them. Um, explored the city. Um, it's kind of different when you're there for six weeks because you don't, like, it's more like you're living there. You don't quite have... Like the idea of, okay, this is what I'm going to hit, and this is what I'm going to hit, and this is what I'm going to hit. You can more take your time and explore. And you said you were at a school. Does that mean you were teaching? No, we were at a school that is, um, its purpose is to teach people who come to Argentina Spanish. So. Oh, so you're down there. So are there Argentinian teachers then teaching you more Spanish? Yes. Okay, so what does that look like then? Are they teaching you like colloquialisms and things like that? Are they helping you kind of get through daily life? Uh, Is it just another Spanish class? It can really be anything. They start with like a grammar book um, and it kind of has cultural things tied into it. But um, then you can just ask them questions and they might say, okay, so on Friday, you know, what do you want to talk about? And you can talk about, you know, hey, I saw this happening in a restaurant the other day. What's that? Or... Why do you guys do this? Or um, tell us more about, you know, soccer, stuff like that. Okay. 
Now, Argentina is the, is it is the second largest country in South America, is that right? I think so. Yeah. So do you guys pretty much just stay in the same city the whole time or you get to explore a little bit more than that? We pretty much just stayed in Buenos Aires, okay. which is a huge city, but we went outside the city one time. So if somebody's going to go visit Buenos Aires, what do they have to do? Like what would be if you could one, maybe two things you just got to do? Um, Eat food, definitely. They have really good steak. Um, I really liked something called a choripan, which is like a chorizo and then they like grill it and they put it on bread and there's all sorts of toppings they can put on it. Um, so food was big for me. Um, and then basically every weekend, if you're staying there for a while, they have, um, ferias. So you can just go to sort of like a farmer's market mixed with like an arts market and you can just explore, see a bunch of cultural things, um, art, jewelry, yeah. And they're just fun to walk around and see the different wares that everyone's selling. Did you bring anything back with you? Um, I only bought one ring. And the guy made it in front of me and he sized it right to my finger. It was really cool. Well, that is cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Cool. You got to say something in Spanish now, too, since you're fluent in Spanish. Oh, goodness. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, is Rivera, what, what, is Rivera like a Latino or Spanish last name or or what? Yeah, yeah. My dad was born in Puerto Rico. Oh, that's cool. So we're, we're half so Puerto is he, Rican. Okay, cool. Well, now you still got to say something in Spanish. Bienvenidos todos. Hey, there we go. Awesome. And you are Coriana Lamb. Hello, Coriana. Tell us a little about yourself. I am a sophomore at MLC right now. I'm an elementary education major with an, well, it's a communication arts and literature minor, so English um, yeah, I'm from Ohio, which I get made fun of for sometimes, but I love it there, so it's okay. Why, why do you get made fun of for being from Ohio? Um, well, I do have a lot of friends that are in Michigan, and the whole Ohio State, Michigan mm. battle is constant always, um, and a lot of people haven't really been to Ohio before, so. Yeah, Michigan got kicked this year in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what I heard. I don't really watch sports, so I really don't have arguments <laughs> well, for these the, things. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the only thing you need to know for the next, for the next eight months. There we go. That's the only that's thing wonderful. you need to know. <laughs> but, yeah. So, what brought you to MLC, then? Um, I went to prep, and I, like, found out about... Yeah, <laughs> I found out about MLC um, while I was there, and I kind of always, like, wanted to be a teacher. It was just, like, in the back of my mind, but um, after, like, going to prep, it was more, like, reasonable. It made sense, like, just with the education that I had, um, and I don't know. I was like, this is something I want to do. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a, in the ministry, so, yeah. All right, cool. You said you're not really into sports. What are you into, then? What do you spend your time on? Um... Well, I like to lift, so I don't like, I'm not a big watching sports kind of person. I guess, like, if I know people that are in them, it's more fun. Like, I like watching sports at MLC because I know all those guys or girls. Um, but, yeah, I lift a lot in the afternoon or that kind of thing. Um, I'm also really big into music. I can't make music. I play piano, <laughs> so um, Well, that's that, the worst thing. grade I got, including first-year Greek, the worst grade I got throughout my entire college career, which spans <laughs> seven years now, is uh, elementary piano. I got a D. <laughs> I broke two fingers on my left hand, oh, and she still no. docked me because I couldn't play chords with my left hand. Oh, my goodness. So, that's it's the worst grade I've got, actually, probably my whole life. 
if you don't count like sixth grade, the worst <laughs> grade I've ever gotten was piano lessons in college. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. You look, so what kind of music are you into? Um, right now I'm really big into country music. I don't know. All right. that, that was not always a thing for me. I used to be, I don't know, more on the pop side, but me and some friends kind of impulsively bought Morgan Wallen tickets and then we went to his concert. I heard that's a great concert. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, we went to Miller Park. So we like drove out to Milwaukee for the weekend and there were so many people, but it was so awesome. And I just got hired as a beer vendor at, at uh, American Family Field. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you'll know where to find me over the summer. There you go. All right, cool. So if uh, you, you bought Morgan Wallen tickets, mm-hmm. uh, who else is on your list there that you got to listen to? Um, Like that was at the concert? Or just, or just in, in general? general? Zach Bryan, for sure. Okay. Luke Combs, Cody Johnson. Um, yeah. All right. Those are like my top four, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. and then as a, a lady lifter, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty male-dominated world. Yep. <laughs> um, ju- do you have, yeah, just talk about that a little bit. How'd you get into it? What do you like about it? What's it like being a girl in the gym? Um. So when I was in high school, I was in a lot of running sports, like cross-country and track, and we had, like, lifting days for that, and I really enjoyed them. So in the off-seasons, I got into the gym more, um, and I kind of just, like, carried it out through there. Like, I started following, like... Um, like fitness like influencers I guess just like people that would post new workouts and those kinds of things to, like get ideas or I'd get lifting plans from my professors and I just kind of built it up from there and I've now been lifting since freshman year in high school yeah so I started Olympic lifting last year for the first time and that's what I've gotten a little bit more into now just because it's new and I enjoy doing it but yeah I'm always looking for new workouts and that kind of thing so yeah all right. So before you started Olympic lifting, it was more bodybuilding kind of stuff? Is that... Yeah, kind of. Just like okay. power lifts, those kinds of things. Or just, we call, at prep, we call them auxiliaries. So it's just like, I don't know, the little stuff. Like Yeah. Did you do BFS at prep? I don't Bigger, know. faster, stronger? I don't know. We might have. I'm not sure what the lifting program was called. I always just went up to the coach in the weight room and i was like can i get a new lifting sheet and he's like yeah sure and just handed okay. me a new one so all right awesome yeah. what's it like so like i said pretty male dominated world what's it like being the girl in the gym um i'm not gonna lie sometimes it's intimidating because like a lot of my prs are nowhere near <laughs> most of the other people's prs in the weight room but it's also kind of cool because i feel like especially like here at mlc when i go down there i never feel like judged or anything and i know like if i have questions i can ask or if other people have questions they've asked me before which is like a neat experience um but yeah i don't know it just is it's scary at first i would say because i feel like everybody looks like they know what they're doing when they're down there and then once you get into it it ends up being just a great experience i think awesome i don't want to speak for all the guys but sometimes it's just exciting to see a girl down (laughs) (laughs) well i mean there are a lot of no shame for runners, right? But there's a lot of girls that come in, do the cardio equipment, and just kind of like stay on that side of the room. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a nice. Well, it's I don't know. It's just cool that the more diverse the group is, the mm-hmm. more fun it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, a lot of like, there's a lot of like little tiny skinny dudes or big chubby guys that say the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like no, you don't like don't be bashful at all. Like we love seeing you down there. <laughs> That's good. Like we love this. We want to share it with other people. So good to yeah, know. no, it's awesome to have you down there. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and you, Miss Kate Menching, mm-hmm. the pride of MLC, <laughs> popping up on every every video that MLC puts out nowadays. So, 
Awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, little bit about yourself? Right. Well, I'm Kate. I'm Coriana's roommate. Um, I'm from Watertown, Wisconsin at MLC here. I'm a student ambassador, so I get to give tours and just meet the high school kids that come on in. Um, I also do cross country and track here, and then I serve as a waitress at the New Elm Country Club. So, oh, the New Elm Country. Oh, Club. Yes. What is that? The Cottonwood Grill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the best item on the menu at the Cottonwood Ooh, Grill? I would highly recommend. I really like the carnita sandwich. It's like um, it has pulled pork, avocados, um, chipotle ranch dressing, which is really spicy. Mm. And I don't really like spicy things, but. I think with like the mixture of everything else, it tastes really good. And then we also have duck fries, which are like garlicky seasoned fries, and those are really good. Mm-hmm. What makes them duck fries? Um, I honestly, I get asked this question a lot, <laughs> and I never know how to respond. So I just say that they have like a little garlicky taste to them, but they're good. As and, long as you say it with confidence, it doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> and they're an upcharge, so it bumps <laughs> the tip up a little bit more. There, so there you we go. go. Yeah. There you go. All right. So as a amba- <laughs> what's your favorite part of being an ambassador for the school? Um, I really like getting to meet new people. I really like developing relationships with new people that come in and get to tell them about the ministry and the experiences that you have here because MLC just has a really unique purpose as a school overall and I really like encouraging young men and women to consider ministry. Awesome. Yeah. Any any in particular you want to shout out? Um, <laughs> my family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, cool. So, um, you also then you said you run track and mm-hmm. cross country. You got to track me tomorrow. Yep. You said right. Yep. Okay, so what events do you do for track? So for track, I do the five k, the five thousand meter. It's a lot of laps, but <laughs> super fun. <laughs> then I also do the fifteen hundred. So it's like a okay. hundred meters less than a mile. Okay, so, are you fast? Yeah. Um. Eh. <laughs> do you get no. points? Sometimes it there depends on the size of the contri- meat. <laughs> there you go. Hey, contributing to the team, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Awesome, cool. So when you're not running or giving campus tours, what mm-hmm. are you up to? Oh, I'm um, just hanging out with friends, um, hanging out, playing games outside. Um, trying to think, what else? What about in March? What are you doing in March? In March, when you can't play games outside. Oh, I like going to coffee shops. Just. Oh, yeah. Chilling out there, getting some homework done, or having a little social hour. Exploring all the many coffee shops in New Ulm. We have good coffee shops here, I'd say. Yeah, we just only have two of them. That's the problem. (laughs) And sip it. Hi, yeah, but you can't sip and sip it. That's true. You can be adventurous (laughs) and go somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) You could sip in your car, yeah. And it also is Colectivo, which is the... Yeah, I love Colectivo. It's it's not the best coffee in Milwaukee, but it's the best Milwaukee coffee in New Ulm. And that's the important thing. So mm-hmm. I need a little extra taste of Milwaukee. Go I did get not some know that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, have, you've had Collectivo, right? One well, time. Well, Sip It is Collectivo. But have you been to Collectivo in Milwaukee? Only once. It's like the the hip, cool place to get your coffee. It's not. I mean, it's just, it's, there isn't. It's good. It's mm-hmm. not the best coffee by any means. But it's by far the best atmosphere, which is top notch. So honestly, I've been tempted a few times to buy coffee at like Valentine Coffee Roasters or... Uh, anodyne which is by far my favorite and then just go sip, sit and drink it at a collectivo because <laughs> the atmosphere the culture at collectivo is cool but the other coffee shops honestly sometimes have better coffee mm-hmm. yeah yeah anyway so you guys are on here to talk about um well i don't know how to transition into this we watched a bunch of red pill videos 
<laughs> um, I think I, I, sorry for ruining your uh, suggested videos now on YouTube for the rest of your life. I don't know. So I watched a whole bunch of them like getting ready to even like send out the email to you guys and say which ones to watch. And now all of a sudden all I get are like super, super left wing like feminist videos all the time. It's all I ever get on YouTube because YouTube is like fighting back against this yeah. red pill stuff so it has completely <laughs> ruined my suggested videos now it's all just basketball refereeing videos and like super like liberal uh yeah like blue pill videos so um let's uh let's let's talk, you know, first let's just talk about like what what was your overall impression of these of what you see in here in the red pill. Had you ever been into the red pill world before? No. no. I, I think I try to stay out of it, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right. So now I've lured you in. What was your impression? Um, they made me sad. I just, the image they were presenting, their ideas, all of them, most of them held nuggets of truth, which is why I think they're so appealing to people. Um, but they just miss the mark, you know? And uh, people, like, I, I, I could see that, like, a lot of them had a lot of views, a lot of comments, and so people are watching that stuff, you know? There's a lot of people watching that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said it made you sad. You want to say more about that? Like, what, what, what made it sad? I mean, I've been going through, like, marriage counseling or premarital counseling with my fiancé and really looking at... Um, like, what does God want for relationships and, um, you know, what's his plan um, for them and his desires for them and his plan and what he wants for relationships is, you know, the best one. And these just aren't hitting that. Yeah, it's kind of the only one that works, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you pointed out that there's morsels of truth in it. Because that's what, I, I think you're right, that is what sucks you in, is somebody will say just enough truth to be like, I kind of, like, I want to hear mm-hmm. what he says next then. Um, because he is spitting some facts, but then there's a whole lot of other stuff going on in there too. How about you guys? What did you, what was your impression? Yeah, I thought it was really eye-opening just because I have never, like, watched those videos before. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, like Becca was saying, doesn't really hit on a Christian relationship doesn't have that like Christ love the church kind of um, example to back that up of I it doesn't seem like a loving relationship either like, it all mm-hmm. just seemed like very temporary and like hooking up into that culture and just didn't seem like there's a whole lot of love as Christ demonstrates for us yeah in that mm-hmm. yeah very selfish yeah. yeah yeah I feel like it just kind of shocked me like overall like Kate was saying I'd never well I think everybody here like I'd never really dove into that world before, so then watching it for the first time, like, I just remember looking over at Kate, and we were both kind of, like, in awe, like, at the TV, like, what is going on? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think I think it's one of those moments where you realize just how sheltered and even naive we are, mm-hmm. and it's not always a negative thing to be sheltered and naive, mm-hmm. and I think we might circle back to that a little bit, um, but the, the world is a much different thing than what we get to experience often as Christians, especially in when we come from, and we all come from really strong Christian families that sent us to Lutheran, well, to, well, I mean, but you did eventually go to MLC too, but you were a strong member. Did you go to a Lutheran high school? You didn't, did you? I went to public school my whole life and I I transferred, I went to MLS after my first semester of freshman year of high school. Oh, okay. I didn't know you went to MLS. Yeah, Cool. Okay. 
All right. So I just... Yeah. I've definitely, like, lived very much so in a world that, you know, preaches these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, I guess, eight years now, I've just lived amongst people that, for the most part, I mean, aren't talking like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to not have to deal with all that, right? Um, but there's a growing number of guys, and actually a, a surprising number of guys that, I mean, at MLC, because when you sit at the table, you know, the, the senior table over there, this stuff actually comes up fairly often, and there are guys talking about it, and they kind of tease each other about it. But the fact that they even are watching it is kind of, it is. I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Is this something that you think Christian men should be indulging in if you will i guess my language is telling you what i think about it but (laughs) i mean i i understand why they would be watching those videos because like i mean when i'm scrolling through my phone like i don't have tiktok but i I do indulge in the occasional reel um (laughs) but i mean that that sort of stuff but like geared towards women is popping up all the time so i mean what does that look like when you say so that you said that kind of stuff, but geared towards women, that I haven't necessarily seen. I feel like it's more like on the feminist side. I f- like if we're talking about the same thing here. Like I've seen those two just going through reels or TikTok or whatever. It's like I don't know. It's like encouraging women to like never like settle for less or like if he wanted to, he would and like that whole yeah philosophy. more like female empowerment yeah, like, mm-hmm. sort of idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Those, they're just like along those lines, I guess. So, what, yeah, if you if you could put the messaging like in a nice, neat little box, what would you say the, the overall messaging on those kind of videos are? It just seemed like they weren't working towards the same goal. Like how relationships work, it should be like 100% from both ways, but it felt like, I don't know, there were times when the men were kind of dominating the relationship, but then the women took the feminist side of it mm-hmm. and... I don't know. It just seemed like it was going in two different directions and they weren't working towards a goal yeah. of any sorts. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I feel like <laughs> from a societal standpoint, like the videos that are kind of on the opposite side of the red pill videos that we were watching are more like, it's almost like encouraging people to like seek out perfection. Like, I don't know if that's too bold of a claim to be making, but I feel like no, you I also, agree. we also have to like understand that like people aren't perfect and you're not mm-hmm. going to find like, I don't know, the perfect relationship or the perfect whatever. And I think that on the flip side of the videos that we watched, it's like encouraging girls to like never settle for less and to find the perfect guy and like nobody's perfect. So it just is, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something I like, a big thought I was having is that the videos that like me and Coriana are talking about that pop up on our TikTok or whatever. And then these videos that you had us watch, they're like two extremes Mm -hmm. and... I think probably, I don't want to speak for the group, but our views are more like a center road. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. would almost say like our, our road is like going in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, one of the things that really surprised me is I don't remember which channel it was. Is the one where it was, or uh, was it at whatever or hashtag whatever or something like that. And they had like the inflatable doll in the corner. Do you guys see any of those? 
Yeah, it's like randomly during the reels, they just go over to this inflatable doll in the corner. Yeah, anyway, but one of the things he was saying was, like, he's supposedly, like, the conservative guy who's pushing, like, traditional values or whatever. And when he started talking about appropriate body count, he was saying, like, anything less than five or six is, you know, like, you can't really blink an eye at that or whatever. And I don't know, as a, as a, as a guy... I don't. That was also astonishing for me. So I don't know if you have any comments on on that. I guess I really didn't ask you a question, but that was that was kind of astonishing for me too. Whereas, like, I was listening to this guy and agreeing with him a lot about a lot of things he was saying, and then he claimed to be the conservative guy about like you know what should our behaviors look like and all that, and then all of a sudden he's coming out with you know like six to even up to ten different like sexual partners is still in the acceptable range for like not you know the, the word they were using was you know hope what did it what was that it was something about being a hoe i don't remember but like that verbiage mm-hmm. is what they were using anything less than that and even that like made my jaw drop a little bit and i i don't think of myself as particularly sheltered or naive either yeah. and mm-hmm. some of that is my own foolishness but like as as somebody who is actively you know looking for a relationship that'll last a, a lifetime even that was like oh boy you know yeah. that's tough i and, think like we can get into danger when we as christians identify as conservatives mm-hmm. you know because then you look at a guy like that who you're like oh he's conservative you know i'll probably agree with a lot of his views but then you know you don't because you know we can it <laughs> What I'm trying to say is that, like, we can't really, like, look at, like, oh, con- the conservative side and the liberal side and be like, oh, we-, we are on the conservative side. But, you know, obviously, that's not the, yeah. Right. Know? And, like, that guy obviously was more conservative than the people he's talking to. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. you're right. There's a, there's a big line between that. And also, not to get us into too deep a water here, that's exactly the issue going on in the political world right now. And this isn't what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But the... The whole idea that Donald Trump is a conservative Christian is absolute hogwash. Like, that's just nonsense. Does he represent the values that we... Does he represent the political values that generally Christians uh, run with? Maybe. But that's a whole different conversation, too. And I think that 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 polarity of the political spectrum probably actually does weigh into this conversation quite a bit, is if you fall on either side of that aisle, then all of a sudden you have to align with all the things on that side of the aisle. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, and I guess I'm just saying, like, as Christians, you know, know, when you identify as a Christian, what you base everything on is God's word, what he says. Mm you can't really say, oh, like I fit into that. Like what you were saying, right. all the things that are on this side are all the things that are on this side. Yeah. And that's, I guess, why I was saying with these videos, we're taking more of a middle road because we're going to yeah. take maybe some of that and agree with it and some of the other side and agree with it. So you do think that there's value in these videos? My first instinct is to say No. Because when you take little nuggets of truth and you just delude them with all the garbage, I just don't think you should be watching it unless you're watching it with like a really critical eye. Like it was a, it was good for us to watch it for this purpose because we're gonna sit here and critique it. But, but as a consumer, I I wouldn't want to watch that sort of thing. No. Would you? Uh, be would you <laughs> would you be upset to find out that your 
husband someday or future son or something was like getting into this world. Maybe not upset wouldn't be the right word, but it would be would it be a cause of concern for you? I think if Caleb was watching these videos and agreeing with them, I would be very shocked because I mean, a lot of the values that they were pushing, I mean, I just know he doesn't hold. Right. So I just it's hard for me to imagine him. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to Caleb. <laughs> awesome. What about you guys? Like if your little brother or something, you found out that he was like taking a deep dive and was getting red pilled, if you will, what would your reaction be? Yeah, I like Becca was saying, I would not and be a little shocked that he would watch that. But um like coming from my perspective, I would say I'm pretty sheltered, like in the Wells bubble my whole life, which is a blessing. But um, I'd say after watching this video, I got more of a perspective of the world's view and not that I like agree with everything that they're saying, but it just kind of gave me a new perspective on how the world views it and comparing that to what I believe in and what I agree in. So yeah. I think it was, I don't know if good's the right word in that way, but just to become like familiar yeah. with it and know that it's yeah. out there. I think there certainly is value in recognizing what yeah. what is going on in the world <laughs> and what the world is saying, especially as people training for the training for the ministry. Uh, we we do need to be aware of what is going on in the world so that we can speak against it, right? right that yeah. is part of our role as future past uh, future pastor and then teachers. Um, here's a here's a question. Um, there there is we like I said we are very blessed to hit be. All, all of us, myself included, from um, very strong Christian families. Mm-hmm. Um, now, not everybody is, right? And there's a lot of people who uh, begin taking their faith seriously or have a come-to-Jesus moment or whatever it might be after they start making mistakes, right? And I certainly, like, the last thing I want to do on this podcast um, is, like, shame anybody for behaviors or anything like that. So uh, the preface for this part of the conversation, I guess, would be we, by no means are uh, casting shame, kind of like what Kelpine was saying in chapel the last couple of days. What's done is done, um, but that doesn't mean that there's no consequences for our behaviors. So um, if I am a Christian who has found themselves kind of wrapped up in this world and pursuing those things, being promiscuous, um, pursuing like these short-term relationships, or uh, like Corian was talking about, uh, like holding everybody to just impossible standards, uh, things like that. Um, I don't do you have? Do you have, what? What would you say to somebody that maybe came to your dorm room one day and was like, "Yep, so uh, this is what I, this is how I've been living. You know, I've been sleeping around or fooling around a bunch, and uh, like I recognize, like I'm, just, I guess I'm having my come to Jesus moment. They probably wouldn't say those words, but you might recognize <laughs> it as that, right? What would maybe be your encouragement? Let's start with if it was a girl, like one of your classmates coming in, it's just on your couch in your dorm room, and just says, "Yo, I've been misbehaving." Again, not that anybody's conversations actually go this way. (laughs) (laughs) I've been misbehaving. Um, What would your encouragement be? I feel like just them coming to you shows that they realize what they've done is wrong. And in that instance, it's like, yes, you want to show them like both the law and the gospel. But I think in those situations, you kind of want to more so lean on the gospel in that sense because obviously they're coming to you and they're telling you all these things like look I know I messed up I shouldn't have done this like I want to change well hopefully they want to change and I think you should encourage them to change like those ways but yeah I would kind of start by just 
show or telling them that they're forgiven and like showing them in the Bible where it says they're forgiven and then just like building it up from there like okay now what because obviously this is something that happened but you can grow from it kind of Mm -hmm. a lot of times when I mean I've had conversations like that people are really worried about um like their image um that's a big thing people worry about is I've done all these things and and people know about them and a lot of times they can just sort of feel trapped like people think these things about me and I know that God forgives me and, you know, Jesus' blood covers over all those sins, but people aren't going to forget about it. Um, and that can be true, but um, a lot of times my encouragement is just, you know, it's going to take time. A lot of times it takes time for you to be able to forgive yourself, but eventually people do forgive and forget. Yeah, and to some extent... I don't know. My maybe in this situation the answer is yes, but the the is it always the best? I like obviously we're going to forgive. That's what's commanded. We are not necessarily commanded to forget, and I think that's where that's where the conversation gets tricky. Is um, there there are we do bear consequences for these kinds of sins then, right? And and one of the things that I think was the most glaring. Um, not contradiction was like double standard, I guess, was especially on Fresh and Fit, which you said you were watching Fresh and Fit, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, you get, yeah. Well, you for sure said mm-hmm. you're watching Fresh and Fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the most glaring things for me was, and and there is there is a there is genuinely a biological case that can be made um, for the idea that um, the more sexual partners a woman has, the more difficult it is for her to pair bond, and it isn't necessarily true for a man. But that doesn't necessarily mean like just from a like a neurochemical standpoint. That doesn't necessarily mean, as they were saying, basically what they were saying was there's no consequence then for a man, and it's okay for him to have these behaviors. But you follow that to the nth degree then, it's okay for you to sleep with all these women, and then it's also okay for you to shame all these women for having slept with them, is really what they're saying. Um, and then you listen to the girls talking, and, and you know, you guys were also talking about how it kind of made your jaws drop, but the girls are saying just the opposite is, you know, um, if you're not okay with me doing all these things, then you're not a real man kind of a thing. And what it looked to me like is two different sides of the coin, both trying to excuse their own bad behavior and blame the other side for it. Um, I guess I kind of lost where I was going with that, but I don't know. What what are the consequences? So, yeah, what are the consequences that we bear for behaviors like this? That was a little off the script, but what, like, I think be- Besides just that God says don't do it, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the challenges we got to look at too, though, right? Is yeah. there is some, there, there, God has good reasons for telling us the things that he tells us. Why? Why is this one off the table? Or just what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that I think that sometimes we like end up just playing the blame game mm-hmm. when we're faced with those consequences in... I do think a part of that is just our sinful nature. Like we don't, nobody likes being wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think when you come to the realization that you did something wrong, it's always like putting the blame on somebody else. And like kind of going off of what you were saying, like I think that if you show people that they're forgiven, you show them that they have forgiveness in Jesus Christ, they're like, yeah, but nobody else will forgive me. And then it's like this like spiral of all these different things when, I don't know, I feel like, the forgiveness that's found in God's word should be enough. But because we're sinful, I think 
we tend to worry about these things more than we mm -hmm. need to. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think maybe that's what I'm getting. Maybe that's where I'm trying to go is I, I personally, I've dated several just absolutely phenomenal young women who confided in me at some point during a relationship that they had some like one or two of them a pretty extensive sexual history right and they're women that love the lord that love their savior and were in different levels or different stages in maybe the healing process if you will after that and there is a healing process um but i will say as a guy who has saved myself from marriage it's a really big challenge to get past that just frankly just speaking boldly that is a a big challenge to get past but it's not impossible it's not impossible by any means, and there is definitely grace and hope in a future for for those people, whether it's guys or girls. Um, I guess, uh, do you have any comments on the double standard? Is that something that exists in the Christian world, do you think? The double standard of what? Well, the double standard that we saw in the videos was uh, mostly men saying, if you sleep with, if you're sleeping around, you're a hoe, but if you're a guy sleeping around, you're just a guy. I mean, I would hope it wouldn't exist in a perfect Christian world. I, it doesn't but mean it in doesn't. The, in reality, do you think it does? I feel like it shouldn't, but to an extent it does. Or at least it can. Do you, have, you want to expound on that? Um, I don't know. I guess, like, personally, I haven't experienced a ton of this, like, firsthand. But just, like, I don't know, looking back at, like, high school relationships or just, like, I don't know, growing up, you kind of see it, like, through the grapevine, like, what people say and how people act and that kind of thing. I don't have, sorry, I don't have any, like, specific stories or no, anything that, like that. Well, that's but a good thing, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but a good thing, I don't too. Know, just, I feel like it can get to that point where, not that we're, like, giving in to what society says, but it's almost easier because it's something that we've kind of grown up around. Like, if it's mm -hmm. all around you, then you're going to be influenced by it. And if all around a society is saying like, oh, these girls are hoes because of this and these guys are fine and that just becomes a social norm, I think it's very easy to fall into that. And I think that it would be easy for people in a Christian standpoint even to fall into that regardless mm -hmm. of what we have like backing that up that goes against it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all affected by culture and the mm -hmm. culture around us and especially in like, uh, such a age of media and you know I was talking about scrolling through reels and it's just all popping up you know it's mm -hmm. constantly there and it's it can be really hard to you know put that out of your mind it can sometimes affect what people are thinking mm -hmm. yeah here's a if, answer if you're comfortable answering it would it how would it impact your relationship with a guy if you started dating him and then found out that you had a a sexual history, especially if it was a fairly colorful one, would that impact your relationship, especially early on, or at, least at any point in your relationship? Do you think it would have an impact? I mean, I, I don't think it couldn't have no impact. I think it would be, I want to just say, oh, of course not, you know, it would be fine, but I think that's something that I would probably wrestle with. And, you know, I think I, I would get it past it eventually, but I think it would definitely be something that we would have to talk about and I would have to pray about and I would have to, we would have to work through together. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts? I feel like for me personally, 
I don't know if this is a wrong thing to be feeling, but I would feel really self-conscious. Like, I think getting over that would be probably the hardest part for me. Just, I don't know. Like, because I am a person that's saving myself for marriage, and if I were to find out that the person that I'm seeing has not done that, like, obviously, like, we can work past it, like you were saying, but I think that it would make me really self-conscious in the moment. Yeah. I yeah, agree. I felt, I mean, I have felt the same way. There's <laughs> different circumstances, yeah. And it, 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 is, it is a challenge. What? Again, this might be too bold, and I might. I'll say it, because I'll get backlash, and I don't really mind. Um, but the... Uh, for me, it was almost like it was almost like I got cheated on before the relationship even started. Was the way it kind of felt. Um, like I said it's it's happened a couple of different times and with absolutely wonderful women that I was glad to continue having a relationship with. But it does really it almost it's almost like starting instead of starting at instead of starting like at an you're almost. You're almost behind before you even get started, if that makes sense. Like you're taking two steps back before you ever move forward at all, if that makes sense. Is just kind of what it feels like. And I guess I'm mostly curious to see if it feels the same, or you know, if you would think it would feel the same way on the girl's side. Um, you know what I mean? I do, just because I think I've, you know, we've grown up and whatever, learning that like sexual sins are sins against God, but before marriage are also sins against your spouse. Right. And um, against your own body too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I would feel as far as it was cheating before. Well, I, that's probably not the right way to say it, but that's kind of what it felt like almost. You know what I like mean? Like them being unfaithful to you. Right. Before this, I mean, if you're dating with the intention for marriage, it's almost what it kind of felt like at the beginning, and then, like I said, at the same time, it wasn't the it wasn't a deal breaker in any of the relation any of those relationships, right? Um, obviously, none of them stuck, but that was for different that was for different reasons down the line. And so, I don't know. So the way the way I always think about the way I always think about this and present it to guys is the idea that, um, like, if I'm so as as you guys walked in up on the wall, and I don't know if any even noticed that I've got my three rules. There are my three classroom rules, but they're also my three rules for life. And number one is whatever hurts my brother hurts me. And rule two is leave better than found. And so um, I have a whole spiel about why that's good classroom rules too. But um, for as far as life goes, that's that's the way we operate. That's the way I operate. That's the way I encourage all the guys listening to Grid Up to operate. And with that in mind, then and I take that attitude into dating. Then um, my behavior with the young woman I'm dating all the time is going to have that in mind. If I'm going to leave her better than I found her, and I can't, I can't. We can't make those kinds of bonds like w- with. Because the reality is, until the day you actually say your vows, there is a possibility, even if we don't want to think about it, right, that this might not end up being what I hope it is, right? There is that possibility, even if you don't want to think about it, until the moment you actually do say the vows, right? And the last thing I want to do is cause problems in one of my brother's or sister's relationships, right? And so if every girl that I'm interacting with is my (laughs) sister in Christ, to be cliche, right, and that means that if... I don't end up marrying her. She's going to go end up marrying one of my brothers because she's going to go date another Christian guy. And I want to leave her better than I found her. I want to I want to I want to be a blessing to their relationship even if it doesn't end up being a relationship that I 
even if it doesn't end up being marriage on on our end. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so with that in mind, then I don't know the way the way I've always looked at it. The way I, again I encourage guys that when they're dating to think about it is from that perspective of how can I, if she doesn't marry me, she's going to marry one of my homies. You know, whether in close proximity or, or further away, right? Um, and so, how can I how can I leave her better than I found her in such a way so that she's ready then to marry one of my brothers down the road? And then, with the expectation and the hope that wherever my future wife is, the same thing is happening to her and with her and whatever guys she's uh, hanging around with with right now, right? And if I can frame it that way in my brain, then obviously nobody's perfect. You're always getting, they're just, people are sloppy. They're going to hurt each other, right? Um, but if that's my attitude going into dating, then I just kind of avoid this mess altogether, which is kind of where I was thinking earlier when you're saying, you know, we're kind of on the middle road. I don't think that there is a middle road on like the red pill, blue fill thing, because the middle road would still just be, um, you know, like, I'll do what's best for you, you do what's best for me kind of a thing. And you're st- it's still a very transactional relationship. A 50-50. Yeah, yeah, a 50-50 instead of what Kate was saying, which is 100-100, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. the Christian model, right? Yeah. And the whole reason for that is that I don't find my value in what I do, which is the problem with the blue pill video or red pill videos too, is that especially with the girls, they're finding the well, both on both sides. The girls are finding their value in what's on the videos, obviously. The girls are finding their, their value in basically how, how attractive people find them, right? And I don't know if you watched any of these, but a lot of times they'll have a little thing where they'll go around the table and say, you know, give us a ranking 1 to 10, and every girl at the table says, I'm a 10. Like, and, and it's basically like, oh, I feel like a 10, so I believe I am a 10. And the guys are going like, you can't seriously, I'll take your 10s, right? We did watch that one. You did yeah. watch one of those? Mm-hmm. Which is comical, right? Like, and nobody, I don't know, I wouldn't, I don't think I could have any respect for anybody that looked me in the eye and said, I'm a 10. Just like, you don't have any flaws, huh? Mm-hmm. There's nothing about you, right? Um, and so, but our, so that's where the world gets their value. And the guy, from the guy's perspective, too, both assigning value to a woman and assigning value to himself, I frankly, a lot of those guys, they're assigning value to themselves based on conquests and things. And then the conservative guy we were talking about, he still assigns himself value based on um, his lack of all these crazy behaviors, right? So you're, no matter what, you're still creating your own value, which is a very secular, postmodern idea of the way we go about things, right? Mm-hmm. But as Christians, we flip that on our head, on its head and say, my value comes from what my Savior has done for me. He declares me to be... Um, a son or daughter of the king, right? And that then shapes my value. And when I start there, that also frames the way I interact with the people around me too. Because if I look at each and every one of the people around me, wow, she's the daughter of the king. Like, <laughs> to put it in, I don't like the, I, I hate it when people are like, oh, get it, queen, or whatever. I think that's <laughs> absolute <laughs> nonsense. I despise that. Um, but in a very real sense, you, uh, you, you could say a princess in the kingdom of God, right? Um, God Jesus says she is a 10. Uh, from that perspective, she is a 10, right? Well, see, that's the thing is I'm going to treat her as a 10 even though she's not, right? I'm going to behave as if she's a 10. I see even that, though, because I don't, I'm not even necessarily going to say that. But you do treat her as though she is a the daughter of the king. And what's the best way to show somebody that, like, if you... Uh, we used to talk about this as sorry, I'm kinda of going off right now. Is that okay? No, right. So yeah, one yeah. of the things one of the things we would talk often about as teachers is we need to love and this is in the context of being in a hood, right? Um so we, we love families 
we don't just love kids. Because a lot of times you end up with this adversarial relationship between parents and kids, especially in a choice school, because the kids uh, you see every day and you're working on them and all that. And then the parents are out living some other lifestyle and don't necessarily have your back. And it's easy to have this like adversarial relationship where you're fighting the parents over the kids kind of a thing. And that's just not good for kids. And so the, the catchphrase was kind of, you got to love the whole family. You can't just love the kid, right? And I'm going to treat that mom with love and dignity and respect, even though, first of all, she's not behaving with any dignity or self-respect. But then also, even though she hasn't really given me any reason to treat her with dignity and respect because I recognize that she is a daughter of the king. And so I behave in that way. Um, and when we can frame our relationships that way, we don't even have to worry about this bizarro world of red pill versus blue pill and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the challenge then for, for me and then watching the guys around me, I think, obviously the guys around me generally are much younger than I am, but um, <laughs> watching the guys around me at MLC and then also just in my own experience, it is very tempting to kind of buy into some of this ideology because there is, like you said, a little bit of truth in it. So maybe my question, my next question for you guys is what what is it about, hmm, Actually, I can't put this into words on the thing. So uh, one of the things I see to respond to was the most common spiritual issue facing young Christians is the desire to live in both the secular and Christian worlds. So you try and live like the world lives, but also follow Jesus, right? You get hot girl summer, but then you also go to chapel on. You still go to evening chapel three or four times a week, right? Uh, I don't want to hate on hot girl summer because <laughs> there's nothing inherently wrong with that either, probably. Um, but, you know, you, you get the idea, right? Um mm-hmm. Do you think that that observation is true? Because I I do. Do you think that that do you think that that observation is accurate, or do you agree with me when I say such a thing? Like the observation that we want to live in both the secular and, and that's kind of the struggle. Is you have you kind of have you've got three groups. You've mm-hmm. got a group that's trying to live in both worlds. Right and kind of play both sides of the line, so they like tiptoe up to the line and stick their toe over it or whatever it might be, and kind of just play in the shallow water. They're lukewarm, if you will. Then you've got a group, frankly, who puts the Christian label on themselves, but they really are just living a secular lifestyle. And then you have a group over here that is working very hard to live the Christian, to walk the way, to walk in a way, right? And what we, what I tend to see is. Um, People, both guys and girls, in this category over here where they're walking in the way or trying very hard to do so, are having a difficult time finding um, people that are like-minded in that realm, right? And what often ends up happening is they get paired off with people that are in that middle zone, which are, you know, they... Again, they, they do a little bit of the Jesus stuff, but they also do a little bit of the worldly stuff and try and live in both worlds. And that becomes very, very str- frustrating for both of those two people. Jimmy, sorry if I'm... What do you mean by the secular world? Like, what sort of things are you referring um, to? Oh, that's... You're not supposed to ask me questions. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so living in a secular world. So I, I guess I'm thinking about it could be promiscuity, it could be like heavy use of alcohol, um, it could be um, just like you kind of got your pet sins and you cling to those and you hold on to those and you do all that, but then you also try to. Um, here's a okay, I I've I know several women 
who, and this is, again, I shouldn't even say several women because there are a bunch. So I know some people that I'm not particularly close with, um, but have, you know, like met them, enjoyed them, wanted to build a relationship with them. And as I get to know them, it becomes very apparent that in my own verbiage, they, they more identify as Christians than they are like living that reality. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where they, they identify as a good Christian kid, right? And, and again, for me, it's generally dating, so that's kind of the context I'm speaking from. Um, and frankly, the guys that behave that way just don't usually get access to, to me or to my world. So then I, I probably see it more often in women. It's probably just as common in men. Um, but they kind of identify and they say and they even like imitate the behaviors of what a committed Christian would look like, but then you watch them for long enough. And again, this isn't judgment or condemnation. This is just an observation. You watch them long enough, you begin to observe that, um, like when the rubber meets the road, if you will, the decisions they're making often and the behaviors when you're not in a nice curated environment um, don't necessarily match what they're telling you, which very quickly you know makes the the veneer of the I, the Christian identity, if you will, come off. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, I think so. So it's like really hypocritical is what you're saying? I wouldn't even go so far as to say hypocritical. I think it's more... Um, like putting on a show? Like deceiving like a facade? A Not practicing what you preach? <sighs> yeah, which I guess <laughs> is being a hypocrite. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, sorry. Um... Maybe I see. I, I, I hesitate to say hypocrite because I'm not sure they really un- understand what it does mean mm-hmm. to walk in the way. Like so, knowing what I ought to be doing and choosing to do something different—that's mm-hmm. hypocrisy. Not understanding the gravity of the situation and choosing uh, choosing to behave a certain way because you don't think it's a big deal. So really, truly being ignorant of the of the issues at hand is that really hypocrisy? I guess that's more where I'm thinking. I think it's more of just a surface, a surface level val- or surface level view of like what God's word has to say. Almost, it's like you're picking out certain parts, and like you said, it's not like they, it's not like they know every little detail of what they should be doing. It's just kind of like they know bits and pieces of what they should be doing. They're like, oh, I'm doing well in these things, so I'm okay. But they don't have the full right. knowledge, and then is that something that you see as common? I feel like at MLC it can get tricky sometimes because we're surrounded by it all the time. That's fair. But I... Surrounded by... Just like God's word yeah. and just like people constantly in God's word. Like if, I, if I'm if i ever having a bad day and I go and talk to a friend about it, the first thing that people normally say is like, I'll be praying for you or like let me know if you like want to do a devotion sometime or like I'll have friends just sit down and say, okay, like talk to me about it and like... I don't know. It's just like that kind of like comfort that I get there that is so surrounded by God's word. It makes it hard for me to say that it's common, but I do think that it's out there where a lot of people say like, oh, I'm a Christian. Like I go to church every Sunday. I do this all the time. Like I read my Bible and like all that, but it's like, okay, like, are you going to church and paying attention? Are you going to church and falling asleep during the sermon? Like, are you reading your Bible and understanding it? Or are you reading it like it's another book? Like, I think that you can make that distinction, and I think that's where the difference is here. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would even go further and say, are you reading the Bible and doing the Christian stuff, or are you genuinely just following where the Savior leads, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, have I just resigned everything to him and chosen, like, I'm just going to do everything in the light of the gospel. Like, whatever you say, okay, let's go, let's do it. And I'm not saying, like, get direct revelation from God, but are you actually living according to what you're reading, mm-hmm. right? And what the Bible says is, leave everything and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me, even if it's difficult, even if it sucks, right? Uh, one of my favorite devotions I've ever heard, I talk about this on the podcast probably too much, but it was Dave Scharf at a men's conference talking about the most bold prayer a man can pray and the most dangerous prayer a man can pray is, Lord, uh, you know what's best for me, and the ultimate good for me is to spend eternity with you, so do whatever you need to do to make sure I stay faithful to you and come home to you. Right, so even if that means my life should be miserable, because you know that without a miserable life, I'm going to fall away, and I won't get to spend eternity with you. Let whatever come, like whatever you need to do, come. Like if I need to suffer so that I don't fall away from you, let that be. And I think that maybe, maybe that's the best. Maybe that's where what I was thinking on this one too. Is am I really willing to pay the cost of what it means to to be what I say I am? Um, do you have any commentary on that, anybody? Is that something young people are doing? I think it's really hard today to do that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just today, just in general. Like, the lives of Christians are going to be difficult. Like, we're going to face struggles that other people don't have to deal with. And I think it's because of, like, what we know we should be doing and what the world says we should be doing. Because from a secular standpoint, if you're only seeing what the world says, then it's going to be very easy to be like, oh, I can, like, drink when I'm underage, and I can have all these different sexual partners, and I can, you know, like, partake in all these very worldly things. But from a Christian standpoint, I think it's it's almost like it's a temptation that's, like, sitting right in front of you, and you know other people are doing it. So there's mm-hmm. that part of you that is so tempted to also do it. But you also have God's word that's like, no, like, you, you know you shouldn't be doing that, mm-hmm. and you know what you should be doing. So I yeah. think that that's where it does get harder in a sense so oh Oh, no i was just gonna say like we're all sinners we all live imperfect lives so we're not gonna be able to live up to the perfect standard so it's just a reminder to surround yourselves with things that point you to christ and um shine god's light for you so you're able to be directed in that right direction yeah kind of along both of those paths you were saying that there were like three groups of people and I you you're you probably agree with me and you just you know explained it a different way or whatever <laughs> but um kind of the way I view it is like that middle group of people is just I think that's all of us I mean we all have our mm-hmm. things we struggle with um and I think in relationships you can get into a problem where you know you're you're shocked by people's sin and I mean if you really look at yourself you know that's you you are a sinner too and I don't it's hard for me to be shocked anymore by people's sin because I know my heart and I know how sinful I truly am if I really look in the mirror and I look at it I am a horrible person you know so um I just don't think anyone falls into that third category only Jesus (laughs) what was the Rick Lowen what, what was the affirmation he was he was saying the other day, it was uh, washing the blood of the. It ended with washing the blood of the lamb, um, and he told that story about the alcoholic lady who was like, uh, 
uh, I'm a redeemed sinner, something like that, washing the blood of the lamb. No. Mm, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but anyway, it was awesome. Uh, so. <laughs> I wish I could back you up. I don't know. Anyway, well, you told the story about a lady that uh, was struggling with alcoholism, and uh, the she yeah, she went to AA, and so at at their church, they had trained them. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something to do with, you know, I'm a redeemed child of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb. And um, that like they were supposed to say that as like their affirmation. And they were working with it with um, – I don't remember which Native American tribe, but they're working with a Native American tribe. And so one of the ladies ended up having a relapse, and she had to go back to AA. And at the beginning of the AA meeting, everybody stands up and says, you know, I'm so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic. And she stood up and said, I'm, you know, Cheryl. we'll call her Cheryl. I don't know what her name was. But, <laughs> hi, I'm Cheryl, and I'm a redeemed child of God, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I have an alcohol problem. And they tried to, like, make her say, I'm an alcoholic, and she refused. And she said, my sin doesn't define me. My Savior oh, does. I, now I know what yeah, you're talking you know about. What, okay. okay. Yeah, Do you remember what the though. information was? Um, yeah, she was just like, I'm, I'm a redeemed child, wonderful child of God, and just, like, right. went on and on. And they're all like... Yeah. What? Like, well, you know, you're <laughs> an alcoholic. Kind of like, no, yeah, I'm not like, an alcoholic. Yeah, I have a problem and with this. alcohol. Just yeah. went on and on right. about it. Yeah. Anyway, cool. so, but you're, yeah, you, you're right. We are all just sinners. And, and I think that that's the key to any conversation like this where you're having about sin and about sinful behavior is that recognition that nobody is without sin, right? Let him who is sinless cast the first stone, right? Um, oh, and I guess so with that in mind, let's start here. Um, as young women talking to a, predominantly men in the audience and all of our moms so say hi to the moms um anyway um predominantly a young male audience what should those young men with the with this in mind that everybody there is no perfect there is no perfect guy right and no perfect girl either uh with that in mind as young christians what should guys be looking for in the women they pursue um so i do not take credit for this analogy but it's something that i learned in my acts and epistles class junior year of high school and something that my aunt has also told me um but so imagine like an apple tree all right so the women are like daughters of the king like you were saying like the top of the apple tree where that apple um a guy comes along to the apple tree like looking to pick the best I one you say, guys are lower down not what i'm trying to say at all <laughs> guys are awesome <laughs> thank you for that on behalf so, of all guys <laughs> yeah shout out okay so they're trying to find um someone to like start a relationship with and they come up to the apple tree like wanting to pick like the cream of the crop the best and as women we are reminded to not like settle for less or like lower ourselves on the tree to either lead a man like in a wrong direction and same for the men to not bring the woman down with him if that makes sense so it's not bring like a tree down or or like to a lower branch yeah mm-hmm. right okay yeah exactly so I don't know. Is it true that the apples at the top are? Sorry, I don't want to pick up part. No, here. you're good. I <laughs> do the apples at the top of the tree taste better? I have no Maybe idea. I really have no idea. But I'm just curious. I don't know. You piqued the, my interest. I <laughs> um, also the analogy was t- definitely told better than how I presented it. So I wish I could have like recorded it and just submitted it, but. That's kind of the idea I got. So just yeah. a reminder to like never settle for well, less. Well, you never like, want to stay. pick up an apple off the ground. Right. That's, that's kind sure. of like what I'm yeah. trying to say, I guess. Like you don't want to, I don't know, settle for less and bring the man yeah. down with you or vice versa. 
don't know Coriana <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm researching um, something. I feel like along that analogy like it can be easier to like get the apple like closer to the bottom of the tree or like in this sense I guess just like a girl that doesn't have all the same values as you it might be easier to find somebody like that oh it definitely is yeah i think <laughs> that like going off of the analogy though it might be harder to find like that apple at the top of the tree that holds mm-hmm. all the same values and like believes all the same things you believe but like climbing up the tree to get that apple mm-hmm. is like significantly more rewarding than just i don't know mm-hmm. having a fling with somebody say that more about it. that say more about climbing up to the top of the tree um well i guess moving away from tree part of it and it <laughs> I would just say that like it can be almost like actually I just I think it's difficult to find somebody that holds all the same values as you in our society in our culture today um and kind of going off of what you were saying earlier it's like the whole surface level Christianity like people that say I am a Christian but then nothing in their life shows for it and again like we're all sinful but I don't know. I think climbing to the top of the tree is just like waiting to find that right person and waiting to find the person that does hold all those same values and does like care for their relationship with God almost more than they care about their relationship with you, like in that sense. Um, Yeah. What do you mean by the right person? I guess there's not like any one right person. So for you're everybody. not you, you don't believe in in uh, like, soulmates. No, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> like I don't know. I guess like anybody could have multiple right people. I guess the better term would be finding like a person that fits that description in a sense. Yeah, I think I think soulmates is a cop out. I think if you say oh somebody's my soulmate, that means you have to do way, way less work because they're just gonna like pop into your life and it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to actually work on that relationship. So I think it's it's I think it's lazy, mm-hmm. is what I think it is. But I don't know. I think you make your soulmates, right? You pick somebody, you choose to spend like once you stand before the altar and say those vows. Now you got a soulmate, and you got to find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that perspective, yes, you see these couples that have been together for fifty years. It's not because they were perfectly put together it's because they found a way to make it work and make it work well for a very long time Mm -hmm. and some days that might just be as simple as not walking away right Mm -hmm. Um, but other days it's going to be actively working to make life better for each other right you're the closest one to getting married you got any uh, input on this (laughs) um i just there is a danger to saying i'm not going to settle um and having just impossibly high standards. I think this is somewhere where there is a little bit of a middle road. You know, you you never want to settle. But also, I think you have to examine, you know, what you're looking for and just, you know, are those standards of perfection that are just no one is ever going to meet? And I think we all have preferences and we all have things that, you know, are kind of deal breakers for us. And those things are based on, you know, all our life experiences and our relationship experiences. Um, like for me, if there's something about a previous relationship that I had um, that really deeply bothered me, obviously I'm not going to want that in another partner. Um, but I think sometimes there is such thing as taking not settling to too much of an extreme mm-hmm. yeah do you have any examples of what too high of a standard would be like for a guy looking at a guy looking for a, a woman right 
what would can you think of any examples of what too high of a standard would be or anything that comes to mind um for me i guess like right off the bat i don't know this might be a horrible thing but um (laughs) just like i feel like sometimes guys are like i like i think guys can label girls as being crazy sometimes like i don't understand her emotion she's all over the place like this makes no sense and I think that all girls have their moments when they do get emotional and when like something is really just like either bothering you or something's going wrong and you need like that person to talk to. So I think like having a crazy high standard is just like expecting the girl you're with to always be like chill all the time and to like never have any, I don't know, like fears or worries. Personally, there's no excitement in that. for punishment too. Uh, but no, can I tell you a secret? Mm-hmm. Women are terrifying. <laughs> okay, but from this perspective, right, is there are a lot of guys that just don't understand women, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I don't claim to be a guy that understands women either. I, I've got two wonderful sisters. I don't understand them at all, right? <laughs> and I can still love them, and they still love me back, and it works, right? I, do, I don't need to understand a woman. What I but what we what we often do is if I don't understand something, I just automatically assume it's bad or I fear it, right? Which actually happens a lot, I think, just generally in the Christian world, is we look at something and we don't understand it, and since we don't understand it, it must not be good kind of a thing. I think that happens a lot in the dating world, too. I think that's what you're, I think that's what is really happening when guys are like, ah, she's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Is they don't understand what they're looking at. They don't, un- they don't have the same depth or range of emotions, most guys. Um, and so they just don't know how to deal with it, and that's terrifying. Um, and so, yeah, to an, you're right, right? There's, yeah, yeah. I think maybe, <laughs> maybe what what's happening is guys are looking for like their bro best friend, right? and so they end up with this, you know, experiencing a far greater emotional range than they are capable of, and they just don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to understand, or even you just have to show up, right? Like, mm-hmm. what would what would you instead of some in that condition, right, when you just, like you said, just need somebody to talk to or, you know, when you're, <laughs> I don't know how else to put this, when you're in a state that a guy might consider crazy, right, <laughs> what are you looking for from a guy at that point? Um, so my boyfriend did this one thing one time where he said, okay, do you need solutions? Need me to listen? Or um, what was the other thing? It was, there was like three things. And it was like solutions, listening, or something else. Gosh, I can't remember now. Um but I don't know. It was kind of like a mechanical. Or a pizza. <laughs> yeah, pizza would be great. Um, it was like a mechanical thing in the conversation where I was like, "This is really weird to just state," but it actually helped. And obviously, we don't do it in every conversation that we have. But like sometimes, and then like yeah, I get to those points, and like I just cannot process this. Like sometimes I do need like somebody to just tell me like, "Okay, well, this is how you'd fix it," or I need somebody to be like, "Oh my goodness, that sucks. I'm so sorry." And then like even if it's not that big of a deal. I don't know, just being there for whatever they need in that moment, I guess. And then on the flip side, like, if you need that too, like, expressing that. Because I think that sometimes for girls it can be difficult. Because um, I think – so I'm in a class at MLC. It's called IPC, um, Interpersonal Communication. And one of the things was talking about how when guys have, like, problems or issues or things they're going through or just, like – tasks during the day they tend to like retreat into their personal cave and it's like they go back into themselves and they try to figure it out and then they'll come out and talk to you about it and I think on the flip side for guys just expressing to us what you need to because that goes a long way 
in the same sense. Like if, I don't know, I think that sometimes when guys shut down, it kind of like sparks girls into this overthinking frenzy of, is it something I'm doing? Is it something else? And then, I don't know, just communication is really key in a lot of those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, too, that also lends to that is guys have a really – and this is, like, a, this isn't my observation. This is a, another – like, a, it's something you can prove by science. Don't ask me how. But guys have a hard time shifting gears, too, mentally. So a lot of times um, – like. I don't know. It's a lot of times what's happening. So one of the examples that will often get used when they have these kind of conversations is like somebody comes home from work and he gets home and he walks in the house and immediately, you know, his wife's like, Hey, I need you to do this and do that. And I've been with the kids all day. I need you to help change diapers or whatever it might be. And you know, he just kind of like shuts down. It's like, I, I can't do this right now. Kind of a thing. Right. And the suggestion generally, and I've heard this talk a bunch of different times, but the suggestion generally is get home and like sit in the car for five minutes before you go inside or, you know, have a spot in a garage where you can relax or whatever and shift gears to being at home and then go inside and, and get moving. But with that, that same problem often happens in conversation, right? Is he's just walking down the hallway and all of a sudden, and he's thinking about school and he's thinking about going to his next class or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden it's just emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And he like, it, it might take even a couple of minutes. And this is, I'm awful at this. So I'm speaking from experience on this one, but it might take a couple of minutes for him to actually shift into like, Oh, we're having an emotional conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times either, like you said, he just shuts down. And goes into his man cave, if you will. <laughs> or he'll say something that like doesn't fit the situation at all and just makes everything worse, right? Mm-hmm. In that moment. Because like and usually it's a shock too a little bit to the girl because she's like, well, he doesn't usually behave this way. So well he hasn't had any time to make an adjustment to what's going on, right? And like you said, that communication goes big time both directions. Um what about just like practical? What should guys be looking for like any practical things, maybe universal things. Nothing's really, truly universal probably in this conversation, but what are some practical things guys can be looking for? Markers that cue me in, hey, this is a girl that's going to be good for me, It's gonna that loves Jesus the way she should. She's going to make, this is the kind of relationship I'm looking for. What do you think as women yourselves? I'd say maturity goes a long way. Like what do someone, you mean by that? Um, like someone who kind of like is, um, I don't know, like someone who's set on their goals, like what they want in life and is like, I, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> There's but also like, a component of emotional maturity. Yeah, right. Like I mean, I think that's something girls look for in guys and guys mm-hmm. should look for in girls. Someone that... Just stable. Yeah, like, self-aware. Mm-hmm. someone who's genuine Mm -hmm. i don't that's just that's something that's personally really important to me in my friendships um in my relationships with people and i think sometimes and that's frankly it's a hallmark of what you bring to the world too Mm -hmm. oh (laughs) (laughs) i said "Mm -hmm," but then i didn't (laughs) 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 thank you What was I saying? <laughs> you said be genuine. Yeah. Look for a genuine girl. Yeah. I think sometimes that can be hard for, um, like, it can be a hard thing to, like, figure out. It can take some, like, getting to know the person. But. I don't know. I think if you're being intentional, it doesn't take as long as it might. If you're being intentional. You know? 
like if you're just kind of like riding a wave of the the hormones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is good. We're in love. Great. And you're kind of blinded to everything else. It might take you longer to figure that out. But if you're being really intentional and thoughtful as you go through, I think it's a lot easier to see whether or not somebody's actually being genuine. Because you're also going to start drawing lines a lot earlier, too, and boundaries and things. Yeah. What do you think? About? That idea. If you're more intentional, it takes less time. I don't know. Do you guys have a thought about that? I would agree. I mm-hmm. think. What does intentionality look like from a girl's perspective? Like, if how, like what would you see in a guy? Or... Like, yeah, this guy's being really intentional with me. Um, just like putting in effort and not. I don't know. Almost like showing that he cares mm-hmm. in a way that is not like. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, like being respectful and showing support mm-hmm. and encouragement. Asking good questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like genuinely wanting to get to know you and wanting to spend time mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. I feel like if a guy shows all of those things, then I don't know. Like you said, if you're being intentional, it does get easier to figure out if other people are. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm hoping and maybe you don't have them for me. Maybe maybe you just need to see. It. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it looks different for everybody too. But so like what pops into my mind is I was once on a third date and a girl bought a book that said things I wish things I wish I would have known before we got married, and she was like, "We're gonna go through this book together." Right. That's exactly what I did. My eyes went. <laughs> <laughs> and I went um, all right. And it's like page three was like talk about your parents. Like. We haven't even talked about our parents with each other. Like, what, oh are you, what are we supposed to do here? Okay, right. Actually, the book is still on the shelf over there if anybody wants to borrow it. <laughs> so, <but> anyway. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, anyway. So, like, that's obviously a little too much, right? Yeah. So, what are the actual, like, practical behaviors? What would intentionality look like? Does that mean buying flowers? Does that mean, like, planning dates? What does that mean? I think it could just be a little thing, like, how was your day? And just talk about that and just, like, ask how you're doing, catching up in that way. Like, the little things, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture, anything big. I would say making time with you in some way a priority, that's Mm -hmm. when I can tell you're being really intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a busy person, but you made... You cleared an hour of your schedule to spend time with me. Yeah. That shows yeah, that you're huge. really you're serious about it. I think mm-hmm. that ties in with what Kate said too. Is you don't need to make a bunch of grand gestures. You don't need to spend fifty bucks on flowers exactly. and all that kind of stuff. Like setting apart an hour of my day to spend with you is a big sacrifice already. It doesn't cost a penny, and it means probably a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you don't need big flashy things. Mm -mm. At least I don't. I mean, some girls appreciate those things. Yeah, but it would also be a red flag to only do flashy things and not do little things, right? Yeah. I think that speaks to genuinity. What's the word? Genuineness? Yeah. Well, ingenuity. No. Well, that's not that. Right. So, like, (laughs) would it be just genuity then? Mm -hmm. That's a good Mm -hmm. question. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think I think for me, like I would just wonder, what are you hiding? If you are just doing big flashy things mm-hmm. like that, it's almost cr- too cringy. 
The cringe is real, though. Those are all nice things, but I mean the little things, like Kate was saying. I feel like speak volumes. Yeah, I feel like those like big flashy things are nice, like every once in a while. Mm -hmm. It's like oh, like I don't know, Mm -hmm. anniversary type deal maybe or mm-hmm. yeah but just not like, like the one month anniversary yeah no yeah. maybe not then <laughs> like i don't know just, like you aren't a price yeah. tag it's not like i love you 47 dollars more yeah i love you 14 roses it's not it should be priced i feel like remembering things this is kind of off topic from the flashy things mm-hmm. but just like remembering little things is like mm-hmm. really important to me personally mm-hmm. and i don't know if a guy shows i don't know just even just in conversation right yeah just Mm -hmm. like oh i remember you said this or you had this going on how Mm -hmm. would that go or how are you feeling about this upcoming thing like yeah i don't know it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's they're not like super important things to remember Mm -hmm. but and that's i mean that's just a good deadline i think for any conversation right Mm -hmm. is grab onto things that they're saying like you don't want to be interviewee right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the last thing you want and i i know i sometimes get there a little bit too like with in just interpersonally talking to people, get a little interview. But like your goal is you're grabbing onto things they've already said and now wrapping that into the next conversation, right? So you mentioned pizza earlier. We're gonna keep talking about pizza because that's right. right? <laughs> so like like that Olives. kind of a thing where you're grabbing onto the <laughs> right, but you grab onto a detail like oh she just happened to drop into the conversation that she likes pizza. This is an example, obviously. She likes pizza. Oh, that's an easy like I don't know what to talk about anymore. It's like well you went to Chicago over spring break right what's the best pizza place in chicago boom new conversation you can make that last mm-hmm. for forever if you want to right mm-hmm. best pizza i've ever had you ever eaten here you know if you oh if you were going to start your own pizza parlor we'll be on the menu you get five like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff right just have a little imagination all of a sudden you have all kinds of things to talk about right? mm-hmm. what about the uh okay well no one more question before we switch gears here we don't want to go for too long here either but uh one more question before we switch gears is um like Time to punch out. I shouldn't have said that on air. Oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we, we don't edit, so that's all right. Um, um, let's see. Early on, when a guy first starts pursuing you, what do you want him, like, early on, um, first couple of dates, first start paying attention to each other, what do you want, what, what are you looking for from him? What would be nice, maybe? Um, if he wants to be successful in pursuing you, what should he be doing? Besides the things we just talked about, like what's an action plan for a guy? Does he need to take you on a fancy date? Like, is it a coffee shop? Is it a winery? Like, what? Do you, or is it okay to say, "Hey, why don't you come over to my room, my dorm room?" Like, what are we looking at here? And, and this might vary also, but a little bit of guidance for the fellas. I'm I'm just a big quality time person, so. Mm-hmm. if like don't take me to a movie please <laughs> movies are terrible dates yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you can't talk to each other you can't see each other yep just overall yeah there's only one way to communicate and you shouldn't be doing it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like i don't know i mean my first date with my fiance was we just Went to half apps. I was really hoping you were going to say at a at a movie. <laughs> well, we, we we went to the MLC play, oh. but then we went to half apps, so that was good. Yeah, um, theater is not the same thing as as a movie. Yeah, and I just wanted to go, so <laughs> it just fit into the schedule. It was perfect. Um, Nicely done, Kim. but um, then like you just can sit across from each other and talk. 
don't know. Yeah. That's like- my ideal date, a place where we can just mm-hmm. talk, maybe enjoy a new experience. I'm not like a huge like thrill seeker or anything. Some girls are, but like, yeah, I mean, restaurant, winery, anything like that. My favorite spot is the Chancasco Winery up here outside of St. Peter. Especially in the summertime, there's like a uh, patio out there, and you can kind of look over and they make stone fire pizza. You buy a bottle of wine, sit down, and eat a pizza together. Yeah. Also, hey, pro tip for the girls: don't make the guys sit directly across from you, okay? Because what you're basically doing is you're kind of trapping him into looking at you the entire time, which is great for like ten minutes, but that gets really intense, right? So <laughs> if you can sit like kitty corner like this, right? Then, if there's an awkward silence or something, you can both like look off into the sunset or whatever it might be, and then look back at each other, and you can fiddle with your shoe so or whatever don't without go it making look like. Because if we're sitting across from each other like this, and he like looks away or looks at a TV or something, it's like he's not paying any attention to me, right? And the same thing goes in the other direction. Um, as opposed, to, it, it first dates are awkward; they just always are, right? No matter how great the date is, it's going to be a little bit awkward. Maybe not you and Caitlin, but every the other date. <laughs> But every other date is going to be a little bit awkward, right? Um, And so providing that outlet a little bit so you can, you know, if you're sitting here talking like this, then, you know, somebody walks in. I have, there's all kinds of excuses for why I might not, like, instead of just like, hey, I'm nervous and I'm having a hard time keeping eye contact and I don't know what to do with my hands and so on and so forth. It just makes things a little bit more comfortable. You can sit side by side. Also, like guys never talk to each other face to face, if you've noticed that. They're always talking to each other, like, shoulder to shoulder or in a circle or whatever it might be. Like, it's very rare to see two guys, like, imagine if you're walking down the hallway at MLC and there were two guys standing a foot apart face to face. They're either fighting or intentionally being awkward, right? Like, one of the two and nothing in between, right? It's it's not uncommon to see girls having a conversation that way, though, right? Like, looking into each other's eyes and having that conversation. And then you see couples doing it, but nobody wants to see it in the hallway anyway, right? Um, But, like, so... I don't know. It just kind of lowers the bar as far as conversation goes. Just a pro tip. So sit um, not next to each other, like shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. But if you're at a, like a circle table or a square table, sit on opposite sides of the corner. So and then you can like look past each other and like like. And it's also easier to like do the touch, right? So you start to touch early. Well, but wouldn't it be weird if he didn't touch you the entire date and was like, I want a hug at the end of it, right? As opposed to like early on, he's like, touch, when, he, when, you meet, when he meets you at the door, he touches your shoulder, right? Uh, when you're ordering your drinks or whatever, he like puts his hand on your elbow, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, it's not so weird for him to be like, time for a hug, right? Because you, you've initiated appropriate touching. <laughs> well, if I ever go on a first date, I will remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see, now, well, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, if anybody guys starts doing the elbow touches with you, you know. You oh, know no. Better it, watch yeah? out. No. Yep. <laughs> the elbow <Yeah>. touch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, okay. So on the, on the flip side then, um, what are you guys actively looking for? In, we won't go too much longer here, but what are you guys actively looking for in guys then? Like, what are your green flags that you're see, that you're seeing? Like, just someone that sticks up for you and respects you and supports you in anything. Also, like, someone you're just, it's easy to get along with and someone you're comfortable with, like, just having a normal conversation or playing games with or just, yeah, I don't know, interacting with. Okay. All good things. When you say somebody that respects you, what does that look like? Um... Kind of like what we were talking about before, like um, showing support and like listens 
to what you have to say and backs you up in that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm looking for support, it's all those things, but then, like, I am pretty strong-willed and have, you know, pretty strong opinions, I'd say, so... I actually really like it when Caleb, and he didn't pull this out like first date, you know, first few months of dating, but like kind of, you know, I'll tell him about a situation that's happening and he, he's like, okay, so like I acknowledge that, you know, that's how you're feeling and I'm sorry, but like, have you ever thought about it this way? So supporting me to, you know, be a better person and just recognize that okay there's more than one way to look at something because I can be fairly black and white so I think support doesn't just look like saying yes 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 to everything but you know helping you grow if somebody really cares about you they're not going to just say yes all the time either right because you're not always right yeah also not to pour too much love on Caleb but he also actively does that with the guys which is also kind of awesome that's good to know anyway yeah yeah I, w- I would also say, I mean, I don't really want to, like, get too much into this, but, like, a- an encouragement for guys would be that, like, sometimes you can be doing all the right things, you know, by the book or whatever. <laughs> I'm using air quotes. The um, things I wish I knew before I got married book. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it just, like, isn't isn't working out and a girl isn't, you know, into you and I don't that doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything you have to change. I I think with a lot of girls, these girls can correct me if I'm wrong, there's just sort of like an it factor. There's something that like, there has to be some level of attraction, whether, and that should go beyond physical, just physical attraction, you know, like mm-hmm. something about their personality is attractive. There has to be, you know, there's just something and I can't tell you what that thing is. And sometimes it's just not there with a guy. You know, I've, I've, you know, gone on dates or, like, talked to guys that are, like, awesome guys, you know. Like, in theory, like, on paper, like, I would totally date them. But there's just, like, something that's not there and I can't name what it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you're really, you know, trying your best, like, don't get too discouraged because sometimes it's just, you know, not the right person for you it's Mm -hmm. okay to have personal preferences yeah i think that is a big challenge i think that i think especially in the christian world we get caught in this weird space where we need a good reason to break up or to not date somebody or something like that and when it really comes down to it it's okay to just not be that into somebody right we don't need like you don't have to have a moral reason to break up all the time especially if it's early on like it's okay to just be like look i think you're awesome (laughs) you are incredibly valuable you might even be wildly attractive so on and so forth but i'm just not that into you right and i wouldn't say it that way (laughs) say a little more kindly than that right but just the like you know what i i just it could be that simple conversation i just i just don't look at you that way now be careful you're not using that line too often because there are definitely people that on both sides of the aisle that do that also we're there constantly saying to people like oh you know you're just Mm -hmm. not what i'm looking for it's like well you probably knew that before we texted for two weeks or whatever it is there's a fine line to walk between okay i'm just not into you and i've actually like given you a 
chance. Mm-hmm. I've given you a fair chance. I haven't just written you off right away. And the writing you off right away. And that seems to happen more often to the guys that, just to be blunt, the guys that don't get a lot of female attention, they seem to be a lot more vulnerable to those kinds of situations. And I would guess that's probably true on the other side too, um, that if you don't get a lot of attention, it's a little bit easier to, I don't want to say taken it be taken advantage of, but that's kind of what's going on there, like emotionally, right? And so if you are either a guy or a girl that doesn't get a ton of uh, attention from the opposite sex and then finds yourself in those kinds of situations, just recognize that maybe of like the intentionality maybe needs to go up a little bit. Like, I don't know, if it's a pattern that you're developing where I text somebody for two weeks and then they say they're not into me, Maybe don't really intensely text somebody for two weeks and then be like, oh, so, like, get together, like, push the envelope a little bit. Let's get together early. Um, like, we spent a little bit of time talking. Like, uh, there's a, for for example, one of the guys, after the cows formal a couple weeks ago, one of the guys was hanging out and he said, oh, this girl texted me after the dance and said it was really nice to dance with me, you know, whatever. And uh, so he was like, what do I do? It's like, dude, just ask her if she wants to go out for coffee. <laughs> Right? Like, simple, low. Like, well, the best thing about that is if it turns out to be like a thing, then it was your first date. If it turns out to not really be a thing, then you just went and got coffee together and you both got a safe face a little bit on that. It's a life hack right there. But anyway, um, the, <laughs> All uh, the tips today. Again, for my <laughs> next first date. Say, I take, uh, most of the people I take out for coffee, though, are dudes, so don't read too much. <laughs> um, the, uh, actually, so one of my favorite, one of my favorite, so there was the first time I did a girl cast, I took all three of the girls out for coffee before that just because I didn't really know them very well and that was my stated intention is let's have a conversation before we're on microphones together right um and so it was I, I did Monday Tuesday Wednesday I took so the first on Monday um I'm sitting outside I'm sitting at Lola's and all the old guys come walking in about the same time every day and one of the old guys who I know fairly well walks in and sees me sitting there with a girl and he gives me like the, the look you know like oh Charlie and then he goes and gets his coffee the next day he walks in and there's a different girl sitting next to me he like paused for a second and I looked at me and looked at her and then like gave me a wink and then walked away the third day he walks in and there's a third different girl sitting there and he just and he like introduced himself and you know kind of teased me a little bit about all these women I'm seeing and you know and I think it his mind it was like letting her know you know that they, uh, and then the next day it was Bryce Guzzi <laughs> and when Bryce had the mullet and he walks in and he looks at Bryce and he looks at me and he just shook his head and he walked away <laughs> I was like sorry sorry Richard I don't know what to tell you uh, but anyway like like don't push the envelope as far as like pushing boundaries but if you really are interested in making this something take a step in that direction stop waiting around for permission or whatever it might be mm-hmm. right like you don't need a, you know, she doesn't need to stand outside your dorm room window waving a green flag to take a risk and say like, "Hey, I would like to spend more time with you." Mm-hmm. Just I would go say that do that. If she texted him that, that's a pretty good green that's flag. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So then, uh, then every once in a while you'll get somebody that'll send a text like that, and then like a week later be like, oh, "I'm not really into you like that." It's like, well, come on, no. And both guys and girls do that. And that's what I'm saying is if that's consistently happening to you, recognize that that's a pattern now and say, okay, I'm going to take a different approach. Like don't keep banging your head against the wall is kind of what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any last words on uh, – <laughs> any last words? <laughs> uh, any last words on what guys sh- should be – or no, what girls are looking for in guys? So we've got um, – Treat you with respect, right? 
clearly care about the little things, care about you, not just like having a girlfriend, right? Also, if you're a guy, never ask a girl like, "Hey, do you?" Here, you can disagree with me on this. Feel free to push back, um, especially if you're younger. You don't need to say like, "Hey, do you want to go on a date?" Say, "Hey, I'm going to you know Sleepy Eye Brewing on Saturday morning, and I could use some company. Will you go with me?" Instead of saying, "Hey, do you want to go on a date?" Mm-hmm. and then she says, "Maybe," and then you say. Okay, let me know if you want to go. And then nothing happens, and they go, nothing happened. It's like, well, that's your fault, buddy. Make a plan and go do something. Do you agree with that? I would agree. I think it just seems more intentional. Like, the, I don't know if it was the first second. The one where you're just saying, I'm doing this, would you like to come? Like, it just feels more intentional. It doesn't feel as robotic as I'm going, or would you like to go on a date or whatever. I don't know. It. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but it just is more inviting almost because it's not so structured. It's just right. kind of like this could be casual. Like you were saying, yeah. it could be casual. It could lead to something else. But It also kind of gives the impression that you do these things a lot, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is – he goes to Sleepy Eye Coffee a lot, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, you know, is this going to be like a really intense, you know, like, <laughs> you know. For, is he going to show up at my dorm room with flowers and then take me out and spend mm-hmm. lots and lots of money and then I might not like him and then he hates me because I spent all kinds mm-hmm. of money on me, that kind of a thing. Just like, hey, this is a life thing that I'm doing. Would you like to join me? Yeah. I'm walking mm-hmm. my dog later. Would you like to come with me? You know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I actually ha- don't totally agree. I, like I said, I'm like super, I'm pretty, I'm very black and white and all about like being genuine and honest and I think like I would appreciate if you asked me that question like would you like to go get coffee or whatever i'm going here you want to come like knowing that you considered it like a date and that your intention was to you know get to know me to potentially date me so here's how i'd respond to that is i don't necessarily know when i'm asking that first question if i really do want to date you right and so if I spend a bunch of time with you, what I do, okay, and uh, granted, this wasn't part of the advice I just gave, but what I generally do is there will come a point where I will sit back and say, you know what, we spent some time together and you're pretty awesome. Can I take you on a real date? And imply that like, oh, these were kind of dates, but let's go on a real date. And then that one will be you know, something a little more special, like shell out, especially if I don't know you. Like if I met somebody in a coffee shop, right, or met somebody at Walgreens, you know, I wouldn't necessarily like, hey, we're going to dinner, right? It wouldn't even necessarily say, hey, we're going on a date. But it would be like, I think you're really cute and I would like to know you better. Would you let me buy a cup of coffee, right? Yeah, I think I think like where you're coming from and where I'm coming from are just like two different. Because, you know, you're older than me. You've been on a lot more That's first dates true. than me. I, That's For true. me, like that, hey, do you want to go to Sleepy Eye Coffee Company? is more of like a first date because to me the getting to know you is more I see you around campus and I talk to you. That's fair. So, you know, by the time you're asking me to go to Sleepy Eye Coffee or wherever it may be, we already like know each other and that's just a small campus thing. So I guess this isn't great advice for anyone besides anyone (laughs) that goes to MLC. That's fair. Any thoughts either you? I feel like going off of that last point, it can be... Though I feel like dating today, maybe not, maybe this isn't everywhere like you were saying, but there's like a lot of gray area. Like I've heard people say like, 
oh, like I talked to them in the calf, and now everybody thinks we're a thing. I like was about to that, bring that up. It's just crazy <laughs> because like it, you like can't have. It's almost like you can't have friends that are of the opposite gender without people around you assuming like, are they a thing? Like, do you think they're they're like together? Like, has anybody seen them off? Cam- like, I don't know. It just is one of those things where. Almost like what you were saying, like if people see you off campus, then it's more official for some reason, when in reality it could just be like, I was going here, you also needed to go here, we carpooled to the same, like, I don't know if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. but I think that there's a lot of gray area in the dating world. MLC is just, like, just such a concentrated yeah, environment. Like I mean, everybody, you're yeah. under just a microscope, yeah, everybody's seeing everything. It can be so confusing at times, so I feel like I can see where you're coming from, like, where if it's more intentional, it's like, oh, okay, this is serious, and it's not just we talked in the calf or I saw you walking to class kind of deal. (laughs) But I also think that sometimes when it's just like the little things, like let's go get coffee or what if we went to brunch after church on Sunday? Like I also like appreciate those things a lot. And it's not specifically saying I'm taking you on a date. It's just saying we should do this. Like it'd be a fun thing to do together. Yeah. I'll also say that uh, the rumor mill in the Christian world tends to run wild. Yeah, and I, it's not necessarily an MLC problem. It's a, it, uh, my experience is a Christian world problem. Is There's a reason he talks, that Paul talks about it a lot in the, the New Testament. It's because it runs rampant as we do life together as a community. And so we're all kind of up in each other's lives. Why don't we just shift the attitude from like, oh, who's going with you? To like, hey, you were spending time with so-and-so. He's a pretty awesome dude. Um, it doesn't need to go beyond that. Like, I would like to spend time with them too. Like, whatever. You know, it doesn't need to be like a, oh, you spent time together. We got it there. It doesn't need to be like, I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand why it has to be that way. Or it doesn't have to be that way. Why even is it that way? Because mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, I'm excited for you. It's like, oh, you got something to talk about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, ah, that's I think for some people for it is they're excited for you. I don't know, like. Well, so I've experienced that where like I'm sitting in the cafeteria across from somebody, and a couple because just because I am who I am, people will just randomly sit down across from me sometimes and start talking to me, and then you'll get somebody later in the day like, hey, you were sitting across from a girl. Who was that? She sat down and started talking to me and said, aren't you Charlie Ungemach? And then that was kind of it, right? So, and from that perspective, like, that's cool, right? But that was a conversation of like, dude, you were sitting across from a girl. Was that like a thing? Or it's like, no, we we're just having a conversation. And you go, oh, okay. There's a whole different thing now to be like, oh, you were at Lola's together. Right? <laughs> By the way, Lola's is the coffee shop in town here. So, yeah. <laughs> and like that, I, that's happened to me a couple of times where I did just take somebody out for coffee or whatever it might be. And then like... Later on, there's this, you know, the... Uh, Richard. Yeah, Richard. <laughs> no, Richard's pretty chill. No, but then, like, later on, there's, like, a... Oh, you... Almost like getting angry. Like, the guys get angry at other dudes because you, like, dared to talk to the wrong girl. And then, you know, the girls do the same thing of, like, oh, he's talking to me, but he also talked to someone. So, like, yeah, we had a conversation because we're two humans. <laughs> like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. Any thoughts on any of that? And my, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that's frustrated by it. But No, I mean, Mm-mm. it can be frustrating, of mm-hmm. course. I mean, I went to MLS where there were 40-some kids in my class. So, like, honestly, it was even worse than it is at MLC. Just everybody knows everybody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everybody knows what's going on for the most part with yeah. everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. can be frustrating for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Here's a thought is I actually, 
I had a pretty serious girlfriend for most of last school year, and I felt so much more comfortable interacting with the girls on campus during that time because it was like I, I guess from partially, I guess I knew my own mind. There wasn't any like question even in my own brain of like so what are my intentions in this conversation you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um as far as not necessarily that i had inappropriate intentions but it was like it was clear like oh i'm not like trying to make a connection here it's like oh you're interesting i'd like to have a conversation with you um but then also there was just because pretty much everybody knew that i had a girlfriend then that also just like lowered the bar on all the other conversations too from the other end is what it felt like do you think that's I, have you experienced that at all, do you think? Anybody? I mean, I... Where it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't as charged, this isn't as tension-charged as it might otherwise be because, like, because there's a relationship here. And so since we, since we aren't viable to date each other, then things are okay or something. I don't know. I mean, I've been dating Kel for most of college, so, like... I would say now that we're like at the point we're at, we're three weeks out from getting married. As far as I know, nobody has any problem with me like talking to any guys. Like it's not like if I go up to someone in the calf, a rumor starts getting spread about me having a thing with them. Right. So I guess it makes my life easier in a lot of ways because I'm, I guess I feel more free to like have friendly relationships with guys because People aren't going to think weird things because obviously I'm committed to someone else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of what I was saying. I don't know. You have any thoughts? Um, I think for me personally, it's just not something that I see right away. Like if that has ever been an intention in somebody's mind, like it goes right over my head every single time because I'm like, oh no, I have like, I have Cole and everybody knows that I'm with Cole. And I don't know. I think that it does like what you're saying. It makes a lot of my conversations easier because it's not something that I'm directly thinking about. And I don't know. It's nice knowing that like if I'm sitting at the lunch table or if I'm walking to class with somebody, like it's not going to get blown out of proportion as opposed to if I wasn't in a relationship and mm-hmm. like I did those same things, then it would be like what we were talking about earlier. Like you said, like, oh my gosh, you made eye contact. Like, yeah. what does that mean? Like, I don't know. It just... It used to be something I worried a lot more about, mm-hmm. I think. Like, very conscious of it. And now yeah. I, I'm just not anymore, like mm-hmm. you were saying, what Coriana was saying. And yeah. I think you get to a point and you don't really think of it that way. It's just like, eh, okay. Yeah. And I guess maybe <laughs> the reason it sticks out in my brain so much is that, like, in the real world, when you're walking around a shopping mall or whatever, nobody's like, oh. Yeah. You talked to the cashier. Like, like, there was a girl in that store. Like, nobody's doing that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you walked next to each other on the way to the bathroom. It's like, who cares, right? But then I, <laughs> I don't know. That was a, well, you think about a mall. There's usually, like, a bathroom and you got to walk down that long, awkward hallway. Yep. And then you, like, mm-hmm. end up walking next to somebody and people think you're together. And even that's not as weird as sitting next to somebody in the calf, right? Um, so, anyway, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. It, I've never had that experience. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to throw in on this one? Uh, I don't really have anything to add. I feel like taking the calf, for example, we all just kind of sit down at the same table. So, like, we're all just by each other anyways. Like, I don't know. Mm. It's I don't really ever think of that. Like, oh, wonder what people think. Yeah. Like, we're just all there together. So it's not like... And that's a good thing. Don't start. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. But, yeah. 
Cool. I don't have much else to add. All right. Anything else you want to say to just young men out there in the in the internet world? Listeners to the Gird Up podcast. Anything, anything you want to say to the guys? Be intentional. Be intentional. Yep. And just in general. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just and be nice think, to the girls. Think about it room, a yeah. little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girls that are lifting, they're super cool. <laughs> Ask them questions. Yes. <laughs> Not during your sets, though. <laughs> On the way in or the way out. Right. Exactly. I was just gonna say, just add on to what Coriana said. Just yeah, think, think about what you're doing, and think about the image you're putting off, and you know. But also, try not to get frustrated. It can be easy to just, yeah, get down on yourself. But you know, God's got a plan for you, and while that can be hard to accept that it's not what you want right now, you know, He does have one. And it ultimately leads to you being in heaven. So, yeah. And it'll be mm-hmm. worthwhile to be patient. Yeah. And you can be intentional while you're being patient, too. Like, if you're... if the, oh, So here's a, here's another tough one to swallow. But if the kind of women... Just talking to guys. If you ha- the kind of women that you want to be with aren't paying attention to you, then you aren't the kind of guy that the women you want to be with want to be with. So go become the kind of guy that the women you want to be with want to be with, and then they will pay attention to you. And that would be a way to be intentional. Does that make any sense? Yeah, God's, yeah, I don't think God's ever going to punish you for, you know, working on your faith life or working on other aspects of mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. I think that can only make you better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything for the fellows? Yeah, just be in God's light. Keep shining your light for Jesus. Awesome. Keep praying. Cool. All right, we're about to hit graduation, head on to the summer. What are you excited about for the summer? Um, I'm excited to celebrate all my friends' marriages. And your own. And my own. I am. Awesome. And congratulations ahead of time. Thank you. Super cool. Um, I'm going on a daylight mission trip to Alaska for nice. just over a week. So this is the be... proper time of year to go to Alaska. It really is. I'm super excited. It'll be awesome. I was in Alaska in February once. It was very cold and very Yeah, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. It was Minnesota times 10. Anyway, what are you doing up there? Um, we're going to an art camp, so it's like me and five of, like, five other girls in my class, five of my friends, so it'll be fun. Basically. Anchorage? Kenai? I think it's around Anchorage. I don't know exactly where it is. We're flying okay. in Anchorage, and they said it's not far from there, so. All right. <laughs> yeah. It's probably either Kenai or Wasilla, then. It's probably. awesome. It's, yeah. a, it's just gorgeous up there. That's what I've yeah. heard. I'm excited. Have you been up there? I have, yeah. Nice. I went there for a Project Timothy experience uh, in high school yeah it was really cool wait where did did you did you do a pro was it project titus is that what they call it at mls yeah did you go you didn't go to st marcus did you i did once we probably interacted with each other at st marcus that would that timing would have been about right that would have been my sophomore year of high school that would have been yeah like six years ago seven years ago now we would have missed each other a little bit it would have been 2017 Ah, you missed me by a year. All right. <laughs> um, those were the cooler years. You would have had way more fun back in the day. Anyway, um, what are you doing this summer? Um, I'm going to a few concerts, actually. At the beginning of June, I'm going to go see Taylor Swift. Oh, with me? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, at the end of July, I'm going to go see Ed Sheeran. Ed so, Sheeran. Nice. Yeah. 
both in Milwaukee area? Uh, Chicago, actually. Chicago. We're actually in the same exact section, same exact row. Oh. It just worked All out right. that way. We're, we're both United Center. We're um, Soldier Field. Soldier Field. Yep. That's not a bad place. for. I've never been there for a concert. But yeah, I've, neither have I. I'm a Bears fan. I've never been oh, to Soldier Bears. Field. Are you a Cubs fan, at least? I am, yeah, yes. And a girl. Yes. And they're winning, go too. Go Cubs, go. That's good. <laughs> I, well, I, said, I just got hired. <laughs> 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 attention. Very, very Cubs. much a Cubs fan. I just yeah, got hired. I'm going to be the only Cubs fan who sells beer at Miller Parks, or whatever it's called. Go. Am fan Field. Yeah, so nice. I'm going to be... Way to stay strong. I'm definitely going to work the Cubs series though yeah yeah i'm getting make all my tests by whispering i'm actually a cuss fan of people's series yeah that yeah. might start some riots <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true well i'll make sure it's just cuss fan yeah there you to. go okay yeah. that's smart yeah. i was actually we were at the game at miller park when the cubs clinched the year before they won the world series Oh, which is cool. And then the year that they did win the World Series, I was wearing my Ron Santo jersey, which is mm-hmm. number 10, yeah. when they hit 10 games to clinch. So then on the way out, everybody was stopping me and trying to take selfies with me, but only my back because the number was on the back and they all wanted <laughs> number 10. Anyway, it doesn't, yeah. Anyway. Claim to fame. Yep, That's my claim cool. to fame. is If there's a slightly balding man, redheaded man in any of your pictures from that game, that was probably me. Wow. Nice. Anyway, yeah. That was a huge day. Uh, big day. Big day for the back of my head. Um, cool. Anyway. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate you all. Love you. Go be the man of God crazy to be. We will see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms, and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content, too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.